Hello, friends. We're so glad to be with you today. This edition of Let's Talk About Jesus, I believe, is going to help someone uh, to become what God has purposed and predestined us to become in spite of our weaknesses, our inabilities, <laughs> our fallibilities, our failures. A friend of mine, I want you to know something today. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you are a Christian, uh, God made a personal promise to you. Jesus said it so clearly. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. That personal promise from him is being kept today as the Holy Spirit abides within the child of God and manifests the person and presence of Jesus to you and to me. Praise God. And I want you to know today that we appreciate you following sequentially uh, these uh, these teachings in the Word of God. You know, Mary and Martha uh, had uh, uh, had an opportunity to to either sit down and hear the word of God that Jesus was bringing or to get uh, all caught up in a diversion, a necessary thing to take care of that crowd that came in the house, make sure that they had something to eat, something to drink. Martha was in the kitchen rattling the pots and pans, and Mary was sitting listening to every word that Jesus was teaching. And there's got to be a balance. We need Martha's or we wouldn't get anything to eat or drink. Uh, But we need Mary's who have taken time uh, to sit and be still and quiet and listen and hear the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, the Scriptures teach, but my Word will abide forever. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about so many things. And see, they were good things, but they were things keeping her from that that would would eternally bless her, and physically, mentally, spiritually, temporarily, and eternally. The Word of God will bless the heart that opens up to receive it. Amen. And he said, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about so many things, but Mary hath chosen the good thing which shall not be taken from her. In other words, everything you're doing just will be a blessing to us for a little while, but that's all it's going to be. But what Mary has chosen will be an eternal blessing to her and to others as she shares what she has heard. So we pray you will take time, and not just today as you're taking time, uh, not just this broadcast, but in every opportunity you have. If you know the crowd is coming, cook before they get there. Put the slow cooker on overnight so that you can sit down and open your heart to the Word of God. Amen. Because if it if it gets in a good ground heart, this seed of the Word will bring forth fruit. It will germinate and produce fruit 
30, 60, and 100 fold to the glory of God. And it won't be taken from you. It will stay in your heart. Amen. Well, we're talking about being sufficient in God's sufficiency. And we're reading from Philippians 4, 11 through 13. This is our second edition in this teaching. Listen to this uh, uh, foundational scripture for this teaching. If the Apostle Paul speaking, things that he had been taught and things that he had learned, and now things that he was applying to his own walk with God and his own challenges in his life. He said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. And here was the key uh, to, to all of this that he was applying. I can, in verse 13, <laughs> I'm going to stop and say, you know, we've got too many I can't Christians, and we need more I can believers. Amen. Because if you, if you can come to the place of, of dependence upon the Lord, and you recognize and realize and experience His provision for your life, there is nothing that you can't endure. There's nothing you can't accomplish. There's not, no habit you can't break. There is no mountain that you can't see removed. There is nothing, nothing too hard for God. Scripture said in the New Testament, nothing is impossible with God, but it doesn't stop with God because of our faith in God and our trust in God. The Bible said, and there's nothing impossible to him that believeth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm praying today that we can become can do Christians. Paul said, what I've learned has brought me to this conclusion, this personal reality in my faith and my walk with God. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I like the Amplified. It said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. There are three great pillars of support for him to be able to make that statement. And number one we talked about last week was sufficient grace. God told Paul when the, the, the problem or the, the challenge or, or the, the, the whatever was, was, was weakening him uh, was not moved out of the way. God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is perfected in weakness. And Paul said, when I'm weak, therefore, then am I made strong. See, he has learned, and he was still learning, and he came to that great conclusion. I can endure this if the power of Christ is going to rest on me, because 
I'm trusting in God with my everything. I can endure this. I don't have to escape it. God has given me grace to endure it. And in the endurance of it, I'm demonstrating the sufficiency of His grace. Hallelujah. So he talked about sufficient grace. And secondly, we talk about supporting love. And thirdly, then, then the strength comes through the, the supporting love and the sufficiency of grace. We have sustaining strength. It's not enough just to have power through the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm Pentecostal. If you haven't figured that out, I'm declaring it without apology and unashamedly. I believe in the fullness of God and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the full gospel, and that includes the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Thank God for His awesome power. But friend of mine, when we are in a situation where our faith has been shaken, our emotions are raw and stretched to their limits, and we are fatigued and tired. We, we may not stand like we could and should to, to see the power of God in operation in our life. A friend of mine, that's when the grace these pillars, these supporting, undergirding uh, principles of, of our faith have to kick in. We have to have sufficient grace to hold up the shield of faith. If we're too weak to hold up the shield of faith and we're not, not resting in the sufficiency of His grace and the support of His love, we're not going to have the strength to sustain that shield. And I, I don't know how many Trekkies we got out there. It's okay. I'm not preaching something wrong with Star Trek. There's a, enough things that are sinful than to make something sinful that isn't. But, but if you've ever watched Star Trek, you know what they do when an enemy approaches. They put up the shields. There's a force field that, that they put up so that the missiles that are fired against them from that alien ship, that enemy ship, is not penetrating the hull of the starship enterprise. Put up the shields, they say. Put up the shields. And you know in our spiritual warfare, this is nothing to do with, with fantasy and, and science fiction. This is a reality. We argue not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6 verse 10 declares. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And as you go down through the armor, it comes down to, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Every flaming arrow that he fires at us, we're able to quench it and go on and achieve victory for our king and further his kingdom. Hallelujah. Because we hold that shield high. Amen. And that's where grace comes in. A discouraged person lets the shield down. And that was what was happening to Timothy, a protege of Paul, who had become so discouraged. Paul wrote him a letter, and this is what he said. He said, he said, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but power, love, 
and a sound mind. And he said to him something he didn't sense at the time. He said, he said, I know you have faith. I know you have faith because it was in your grandmother and it was in your mother. Well, how did he get faith? Was it just in the genes? Was it passed on to him through some spiritual osmosis? No, no. He also said from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scripture which is able to make thee wise unto salvation. In other words, faith comes by hearing as the scriptures declare. And around that house with his grandmother and mother, Eunice and Lois, he constantly heard the word of God. And when he was discouraged in his emotions and mind, there was faith in his spirit man. And he told him to use that faith to stir up that ministry gift that he had received stir up the gift he told him that 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 is within you uh, that you received by the laying on of hands that little phrase stir up those two words come from one greek word uh, and it meant literally to fan into flame a fire that threatens to go out through neglect that's why it is so important. If you have, have a calling upon your life, when discouragement can come, and it isn't that you have no faith, you're not using the faith that you have. And you need to be encouraged that if you've been preaching the Word, and if you've been hearing the Word, you do have faith within you. But the devil has deceived you into not using that faith. He'll ask you, do you feel strong? And you'll say, no, I do not. Do you feel do you feel like you can you can uh, establish a beachhead for Christ in the face of such opposition no i can't i can't i can't paul said i can i can even when i feel the weakest i can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I know how to abound and not be proud and become self-sufficient and self-confident. I know how to be abased and not let it get me down. I know how to be put down without it letting it get me down because I know who lifted me up and that's Jesus and he's with me and his grace I have found to be sufficient. And his supporting love is undergirding me. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to talk about today is his supporting love, the sufficiency of his grace and the support of his love. Listen to what Paul said. Someone today is discouraged. You feel like you have no faith to overcome, but you do. Amen. Jesus put it this way, dear friend. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, we used to sing a song. It don't take a whole lot, but you got to use every bit you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. So it, Jesus can't be talking about the quantity of faith, but the quality of faith. And the quality of faith is developed as we learn to trust God when we are at our lowest and at our weakest and we begin to see if we just keep 
on keeping on trusting Him that He will not fail us. Hallelujah. Oh, dear friend of mine, somebody is going to get up that has been knocked down. They used to sing a song, too, and I heard it not too long ago. I was not at the church, but from a church in Kentucky where I hailed from as as an infant when they brought me to Florida. But our roots go back to Kentucky. They were singing, If He Has to Reach Way Down. Jesus will lift you up. If he has to reach way down, Jesus will lift you up. Amen. Friend of mine, I want you to know you may be way down today, but Jesus will lift you up. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto that mountain, be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. And if you doubt not in your heart that what you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. If it's in the will of God, and the mountain is in the way of the will of God, we have the authority to speak unto the mountain. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. And the mountain is going to have to move. I heard an evangelist say some years ago a battle, and he was he was well. It, it was Reinhard Bonnke. It was the evangelist to Africa, and he's fourth generation German, I believe. And and he said he said, I heard of a great battle that ensued between a mountain and a mustard seed, and the mustard seed moved the mountain. It's not the mustard seed. He wasn't talking about that. It is faith as small as a grain of mustard seed, but it is faith in God. For that scripture begins with, have faith in God. You see, friend, today, it doesn't take a mountain of faith to move a mountain when your faith is in a mountain moving God. Hallelujah. And we serve a mountain-moving God. An assignment was given to Zerubbabel in the Old Covenant, and it looked so huge, the obstacles in the way, and God spoke to him, and this is what he said, the mountain that stands before you shall become as a plain, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. So mountain-moving faith is really a misnomer in the sense that it takes a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Mountain-moving faith is a pure faith in God and God alone. And friend of mine, when I'm really weak, it doesn't, it doesn't take, uh, <laughs> it, do, it doesn't take me long to come to an end of myself and to feel so weak and vulnerable. But at that point, if I dare to trust him and put all of my hope in him, all of the faith I have in him, because his grace is sufficient, my faith will be sufficient for the task or for the trouble or for the problem or for the challenge. And I'm going to tell you today, I've been through too many trials to doubt the sufficiency 
of His grace. And I'm learning the lesson that Paul learned. By the way, you're not going to learn this lesson just by listening to what I'm saying from the Word of God or reading the Word of God. You learn this lesson by applying the Word of God in the in the problems and pressures, in the crucible of testing and temptation. But when you learn these lessons, they will stick with you, praise God, and you will be persuaded of things in your heart that nothing can shake. Amen. Let me let me talk about the foundation for for Paul other than sufficient grace was supporting love. Listen to Romans 8, 35 through 39. He said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, verse 36 says, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, if you don't doubt that God loves you, when you go through tribulations and distresses and persecutions and all of the perils that we face in faulty bodies in a fallen world, you will be supported by that love. And, the, and nothing will be able to separate you from that supporting love. You see, if the devil will come and scream when something negative occurs in your life as a believer, God must not love you. God does not love you. If God loved you, why would he allow this painful thing to happen to you? And you've got to rebuke that with the word of God and the, and the conviction in your own heart. Amen. Romans uh, chapter 8 says, If he loved us enough, and he did, to give us His only begotten Son, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? You see, we've got to know and believe, as First John teaches, we've got to know and believe the love that God has for us because God is love. And He commended that love to us when Jesus died on the cross in our behalf as our substitute, as our sacrifice lamb. Oh, friend, when you're going through a trial, you may not feel the warmth of it. And then again, you may. But it's important that your faith in that fact does not shake. Did he love us enough to give his son? Yes. Does he love us enough to hang on the cross for us? Yes, he did. And he does at this very moment when God may feel so distant from you and you may feel so distant from God. The reality is He's right by your side. Oh, what a wonderful, wondrous Savior that we serve that loved us that much. Paul said, in light of the cross, in light of Jesus taking my place on the cross, who 
shall separate us from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Nothing, nothing present, nothing coming. Life, death, angels, principalities, power, Satan cannot lie to us and us believe the lie. Amen. Because we know the truth. We have God's help because we have his heart. He doesn't just keep his promises to prove his integrity, friend, but primarily because he loved us. I'm going to read that once again. Romans 8 and verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Oh, friend, it's important that you include yourself. It's important that I include myself. He didn't just die for great Christians with great faith, with great testimonies, with great ministries. He died for every single child of God. And He loves all of us as if there was just one of us. He delivered Him up for us all. That means you today, right where you are, feeling unloved, feeling like your faith has failed and you have failed and and even maybe feeling like God has failed you. Oh, friend, did Jesus go to the cross? Yes, he did. Did he stay on the cross? Yes, he did. Did God love you that much? Yes, he does. Even in your pain and your hurt, God's love is intact. We live in faulty bodies. We live in a fallen world. And we have a formidable foe in the enemy. But we can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens us. And it all begins with the sufficiency of His grace, and it continues with the support of His love. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not also with Him freely give us all things? It was love, not those nails, that held Jesus on the cross. Listen to First John 4, 9 and 10. In this was manifested the love of God to us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we initially loved God, but that He loved us. And He commended His love as the Scriptures teach, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Friend, the God that gave His Son to die on the cross, not to lay in a cradle, but to grow to full manhood, 30 years of age, and allow them to beat Him, almost to death, and then to impale him upon a cross of wood, that God's love has not waned for you because of the trouble that we experience in faulty bodies in a fallen world. But God loves you today, and he loves you with the kind and quality of love that will not let you go. And if you will just Put your trust in Him right where you are, right now. That love that flows from His heart 
even while he was dying in agony on the cross, that kind of love is enveloping you, and it will take you through whatever trial you may be facing, whatever pain you may be experiencing. Oh, friend of mine, put your trust in him today who loved you to that degree, who loved you that much that he would give his only begotten son and that Jesus would give his life on a cross of wood and stay on it for six agonizing, excruciating hours so he could say, it is finished. It is accomplished. What was necessary to save your soul and sustain you till you get home safely in heaven forever, it was all accomplished on the cross while he was dying. And at his last breath, he declared, It's done. It's done. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, don't run from him. Don't run from him. Run to him. Repent of your sin. Confess it openly before him. He knows all about it. And he still loves you and bids you come and be saved. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.